Shalom. Today's daf yomi is Nadarm daf Pehe Nadarm eighty five. We're going to start at the Mishnah on Pehe Amadal. Our Mishnah is talking about when a woman prohibits one of her relatives to benefit from her work, either her husband or one of her husband's relatives, whether or not it's going to be applicable. So the mission starts by saying that if a woman says, that she says, I make a vow that that anything she does, her father or her husband's father or her brother or her husband's brother, are not allowed to benefit from her, then under those circumstances, the husband is not going to be able to annul this vow because this is not going to be considered a vow that's it's not a vow between her and her husband, and also it's not going to be a vow that's going to be considered to be it's not an affliction of the soul. And so therefore, we're going to say that he's not able to annul the vow. But if she says to her husband, meaning to say she prohibits anything she does, she prohibits from her own work on her husband, then it's a different story. So then the Tanakhama says, the Tanakhama says, not only does the husband... Not only is the husband able to annul the vow, he's not required to annul the vow. And the reason is because the wife's work, the work that she does, is her husband, in terms of the ksuba, he has the rights to her work. He has the rights to maiseodea. He has the rights to her salary. And so, therefore, in return for him supporting her, and so, therefore, the vow does not take place at all. The vow is not applicable. And even though we had said in the Gemara Suvos on 58b that, according to Rafuna, a woman is able to say to her husband, that I'm not going to be supported by you, and therefore, I'm not going to give you my work. Nevertheless, as long as she doesn't explicitly say this, the vow is not going to be applicable, because they're, they're going to say, on, she has to explicitly say that until such time as she explicitly says it, the vow is not applicable applicable. And we don't say from the fact that she makes this vow, it's as though she's saying, so therefore, according to the Tanakama, that since as part of the Ksuba stipulation of the Ksuba, her work is supposed to go to her husband, therefore this vow where she says that her husband cannot benefit from her is not applicable at all. Whereas, comes on Rebbe Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, yeah, fair. No, indeed, the husband should annul the vow. Why? Because because we're concerned that maybe what's going to happen is the woman is going to do more work than she was required to do by the ksuva, meaning to say the, the mission in ksuva says, we remember on 64b, said that the woman was required to do five cells of work. So let's say, she, and, and anything she does beyond that is going to be hers. And so therefore, if he's not going to annul the vow, then... It's going to be prohibited for him to benefit from this extra work. And so therefore, Rabbi Akiva says that he should annul the vow. And so therefore, he should annul it because of these things that are between him and her. Now, the Tanakama must be, we must say, Tanakama has to, so, has to be of the position that the extra money that she makes also goes to the husband. And therefore, the wife cannot prohibit upon him. And the Gemara Suvos, if we remember, 66a says that even according to Rabbi Akiva, the Rabbi Akiva is going to say that the extra money goes to the husband. But but we're, well, what what the question really is about is the extra money, meaning to say that if the woman works very hard in order to make more extra money. And about this, Rabbi Akiva says that the extra goes to the husband and she could prohibit that on her husband. And so that's the dispute between Rabbi Akiva and the Tanakhama, where it comes along the mission, the mission says, Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri says that even though the vow does not applicable at all now, not even with respect to the hadaf, and not even with respect to the extra money that she makes, nevertheless, the husband needs to annul the vow, but for a different reason, the husband should annul the vow. 
What's the extra reason that the husband should annul the vow? Yafer shema yigreshena. The husband should annul the vow, maybe because what's going to happen is he's going to divorce her, and then the vow will take effect because she's no longer meshubedes to him. Since she's no longer lean upon her at him, the vow at that point is going to take effect to and then she will be prohibited to him. And so, therefore, since she prohibited since she prohibited all the works that she does, and at that point she's not Mishubedis, so therefore the vow will take effect. And therefore a person, uh, and since a person is not able to protect himself against all the work that his wife done and his husband, so therefore he can annul the vow now because of this is something that relates between him and her because maybe after the fact she will be, they will become divorced and then the vow will be applicable. And Shmuel says, The Gemara tells us that Shmuel rules that the laws like Rabbi Yochanan Menuri, that the husband should annul the vow because maybe Maybe he'll divorce her, and he won't be able to. Uh, he, he and therefore, at that point, he's not going to be able to annul the vow anymore. And so, therefore, he should annul the vow. So we see from here that Shmuel is of the position that a person can consecrate something that at this point is not yet in existence. Because according to Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri, we're saying that a person can be Mekadish something now, he can consecrate something now that is still not yet in existence in the world. Because if we're not going to say that, how can the wife's vow be applicable now and we'll say it's only going to apply after they get divorced? This this situation is not yet come into existence. And also the work that she's going to do in the future is not yet come into existence. And so therefore Shmuel says that the law must be like Rabbi Yochanan Benuri. Shmuel must be at the position that a man can be makdish davar shalabalom. He can, he can consecrate something that's not yet in existence. And the Gemara is going to raise the point that we have a contradiction for this from the Mishnah Suicis and makdish masi deyesha, which seems to imply that you that you're ain't the makdish davashalabolam. So therefore, with the Gemara is then going to discuss how do we dovetail the how do we reconcile the contradiction that within Shmuel can a person consecrate something that's not yet in existence? You have the ability to to basically trade on a future that's not yet in existence.